everybody, and welcome to the Woody Banter Book Club podcast. I'm Maddie here with Courtney. Hello. And this week, we are reviewing the dreaded second book, Twisted Games by Anna Wong. Um, now, I kind of vetted this book a little bit because Maddie wasn't sure if she wanted to continue with this series after the first one. I told her this one was better. That seems to be the general consensus. Um, anywho, we get a little bit of a, a touch on some of the previous characters from the past books, but it's not super in-depth. So we see a little bit of Alex and Ava in this book, but this book follows Bridget and Reese. And I'm not sure if we talked about Bridget in the last review, but Bridget is one of Ava's friends. She is the crown princess of Eldora, which is not a real place, by the way. <laughs> um, and this story follows her and her bodyguard as she navigates um, being told that she is going to be the ruler of Eldora. Her brother abdicates the throne. Ton of drama. Um, her and her bodyguard move to Eldora, but they've also been stalking the flames in this romance for years. Um, and there's an archaic law that says you cannot marry non-royals. So the book is really about them hiding their relationship, her coming to terms with the fact that she's going to have to be queen when she was expecting to just be a somewhat carefree princess most of her life. Um, and it also follows their struggle to get some of these laws appealed so that they can be together. Um, obviously, there's a ton of drama with the press and all of her family, but it follows that journey. They do get their happy ending in the end. Um, proposal, marriage, coronation, the whole thing. Very reminiscent of like the Princess Diaries, I would say, except for dirty, dirty, filthy smut. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> There's your little rundown. <laughs> yeah, um, I'd also... Oh, sorry. I also want to say that I'm sick right now. So if I sound a little congested or if I'm blowing my nose frequently, mind your business. We've all been sick before. Yeah. Anyhow. That time of year again. Yeah. Spring. Um, It's starting to warm up here in Omaha, though, so thank goodness. Mm, what is it, like 45 degrees? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Wow. It's 70 here today, so... High 40s, low 50s, but we'll take it over the chill and the snow and the crap. So, um, anyways, we're going to hop into this review now. So, the first part of the review that we do is we talk about whether or not we would generally recommend this book to someone. Um, and we're going to start off with Maddie on this. So, Maddie, would you recommend Twisted Games to okay. a Okay, here's the thing. <clears throat> Yes, and I would tell everybody to skip the first book. Yeah. Just, if like, don't read Twisted Love. It's a horrible book. I hated it with a deep passion. I think about <laughs> Alex Volkov and how much I want to assassinate him in Minecraft every single day. <laughs> but in this book was surprisingly good. I was not, I mean, maybe my expectations were, like, so low that it's actually not really good. But, like... I enjoyed reading this book. I read it pretty quickly. I thought it was a lot of fun, and I just, like, I enjoyed it. What are you eating? Yeah, My water is... bottle cap. Give me that. <laughs> He's just looking at me and going. <laughs> <laughs> what a little shit. 
was surprisingly good. So I would say, actually, yes, I would recommend this to somebody. What do you think? I would, yes, I would also recommend this. Um, It was pretty good. It's a little long, but that's okay. Uh, It, like I said, it really reminded me of The Princess Diaries. So, like, anybody who's a fan of that movie, I'd be like, oh, this one read it um because she well, actually gets like dirty. her happy end oh well yeah but <laughs> yeah for most people i would recommend this um it was a good segue into our second part of the review which is where maddie and i discuss if we would recommend this to our teenage sisters no yeah strong resounding no there's no. dirty filthy very descriptive smut very. in this book and it happens a couple of times and it's dirty it's so descriptive i'm like anna (laughs) Mm -hmm. relax boo um that being said it was pretty good but yeah no my sisters are not reading this book yeah i could not no no not in good (laughs) conscience could i recommend this to anybody who's under 18 no it's weird shouldn't be reading that yeah I have kind of, like, this love-hate relationship with, like, smut because sometimes it really is, like, a lot of fun to read. And it's like, oh, my gosh, this is so funny. But then there's other times I read it and I'm just like, it's a little much. And I kind of felt that way about this book. Um, I felt like it was a, it was a little much at times, I think, in this book. Yeah, I see the... <laughs> I don't know. I like smut generally. There's sometimes where it's like really overdone. This book was fine for me. It's not the worst one I've ever read. I think I have like a higher tolerance too, just because I've been reading smuttier stuff for longer. <laughs> but um, I mean, it does happen very frequently throughout the book. Uh, I think there's at least six instances where she's like describing what's happening. Um but I still liked it. Like, it didn't cross the line to where I'm like, I'm uncomfortable reading this. There's been a couple where I've had that, but it's not a regular occurrence for me. It is way better. We'll get into it, but the smut is way better than Twisted Games. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Twisted <laughs> Games was disgusting. This, so this was is like... Twisted Games. Or not Twisted Games, Twisted, Twisted Love. Twisted Love, yeah. yeah. So um, many freaking Twisteds. So, yeah, well, that's... That's the point. It's a series. Um, but yeah, it was way better. Way okay. better on all better. all fronts, all elements. Um, it's to the point, and I know I mentioned this to you before, where I genuinely don't think that this book and that other book were written by the same person. Yeah, you have voiced that theory. There is so much, like, there's a couple of things that are similar between the two books, where, like, the language used, like, my chest pinched is used, like, 500 times in both of these books. So, like, I can see it there, but this just felt so much more, like, like polished and edited, and it felt like mm-hmm. a full story. Things happened at, like, a normal pace, opposed to Twisted Love, where it just felt like things were happening, like, in those, like, little 20-page increments. yeah. Well, and I hated the twists in Twisted Love. Yeah. Like, the story twists. I liked, I called the story twists in this one pretty early, personally. 
but I still liked them. Like they they made good sense for the plot, and we'll talk about that when we get into the spoiler section. Yeah. But yeah, much better. Um, now for those of you who haven't joined us before, Maddie and I start off the episode with a spoiler-free review. Um, and we have four pillars that we rate a book on and we give it an overall score. So our pillars are character development, witty banter, smut, and realism. Um, <laughs> uh, and then we do an overall yeah. review. Yes. And then we do a spoiler review where we talk about specific parts of the book. So if you haven't read it yet, you can kind of pop off at that point and revisit this later after you've read the book if you don't necessarily care about having it spoiled or you don't plan on reading it go ahead and stay on with us we'll have some good conversation about some of the plot points going on here um but we also with the the ratings we do a scale of one to five because as maddie loves to say 10 is simply too many um, so, uh, let's hop into the pillar portion now, and we're going to start with my favorite, the most important, witty banter. Maddie, what would you give this book on a scale of one, one to five for witty banter? Mm, like a three. Yeah. Like, it wasn't super witty, just people talking to each other like sort of like uh possessive sort of conversations opposed yeah. to being like a back and forth sort of talk well i think i okay i also am giving it a three and here's my thing so like the first part of the book when they're like she's still the crown princess he has been implemented as her guard. Like, there's some animosity there. There's some chemistry, if you will, right? And there's conflict. So there's more opportunity for witty banter. But as they come to know each other, they're, like, on the same page. They're just trying to hide their relationship and stuff like that. So there's not as many exchanges between them there where you would have the fuel for a good witty banter conversation. But even in the first part of the book... Um, I, like Bridget, he brings out like the more aggressive side of her, right? Because she's like very poised. She's a princess, but she still also handles things with like a ton of grace. So there's not like a ton of witty banter. That being said, I still like their dynamic. There was some witty banter and the parts that were included were good enough. So I think a three is a good score but it just didn't have the right elements to have like a five in the witty banter category that's really like enemies to lovers always is the bread and butter of of witty banter to be honest even if it's for part of the book but yeah three is a a good number for this one yeah um all right on to the next category maddie on a scale of one to five how would you rate the character development in this book? Um, for Bridget, it was great. I think she had good character development. Mm -hmm. And I think that she kind of learned a lot, a lot about herself as she had a transition from this role of being like a princess who was just going to be there for fun and then the queen 
Mm -hmm. And she had to kind of dive into the world of politics in a very traditionally traditional way, um, both as her title and also what ends up happening throughout the story. Um, and I think it was, I think it ended up fine. I think she ended up like really confident in herself and sure of herself as queen, which I thought was great. Um, for Reese, I think that he had, he had an interesting development because I didn't really necessarily like it either. I think that it was, I think it was fine i'd give it i think i'm gonna give it a three because i just really did not like the way that his whole development turned out it felt like a lot of his changes were surface level where i felt like a lot of bridget's were like more than that and it just it didn't balance out quite as well as i had hoped it would so i'm gonna give it a three as well even though i liked bridget's i think i'm gonna give it just a little bit of a higher score i think i'm gonna give it a four and it's because i i did really like bridget's right she has this huge life-changing event thrown on her plate and she really just i mean as difficult as it is and she does struggle with it like she takes it on the chin she goes all in even though the life that she had planned on through her entire existence is kind of ripped out from under her because of her brother she doesn't resent him really um for choosing to be with someone he loves she still has a really good relationship with her grandfather but she's dealing with something that she hasn't been prepared for her entire life like her brother was and it's totally rearranged how she planned on living her life so for her to go through that and to come out on the other end like a stronger um person especially when there's all these people in the palace who are constantly trying to like undermine her or make her behave a certain way like it was her character development was really good and she just handled things in a good way even though they were hard and I think the author also did a good job of acknowledging when she was like when Bridget was struggling with something but Bridget still always managed to like make what I would characterize as like the right decision the right choice um and I also what I liked about this book too in terms of character development because in a lot of books we read they will break up for like really dumb reasons for a while right and then they have this coming to Jesus moment and like I didn't they do have to split off for a while when things get hairy in this book but it's not because they don't love each other or like miscommunication um so I really appreciated that and the way they dealt with it like they still loved each other um Reese didn't really have that much character development I mean he went he's just a very cold closed off person who's never experienced love and his character development is really just experiencing love for the first time which is monumental to a lot of people he also finally discovered like who his long lost dad was um and he's held a vendetta for a really long time. But once he finds out, he kind of just lets it go. And I do like that character development because what we saw with Alex is just this insane drive for revenge. And it made him so dislikable. And while Reese had that, like when the confrontation moment finally came, he was a big enough person to like walk away from it. And he was better for it. And he had Bridget still. So like, I don't know. I liked it. I... Granted, 
there were some things they had to work through, but like it wasn't like you're starting at the bottom up. At least they had a foundation to. I don't know. I I liked the character development. It wasn't the best, but um, I just liked both of the characters at the end and who they were and who they were together. So I'm gonna give it a four. It's funny you said that because um, I think I even have a note in here where I'm like, Reese is what Alex thinks he is yes yes like he's not <laughs> alex is the worst and reese was actually like a likable character who had a tragic backstory who had like every odd against him and had this you know this sense of revenge that he wanted to get and like it just didn't it wasn't as like i am vengeance as alex is yeah, but also what I thought was funny is that Alex likes to act that way and his execution is so terrible. But Reese, like the way he executes certain behaviors and stuff, it carries so much better. But Reese actually has like the experience to back all of this scary, broody male stuff up, right? Because he was mm-hmm. a seal and all this. Alex just, he's a genius. Yes, he's brilliant and he's run a business, but that like. Mm-hmm the threatening aura that Reese emanates because of that makes more sense, but he still carries himself with a, a like more dignity and in a better way than Alex ever could. Yeah. Exactly. He's 100% who Alex wishes and thinks that he is like, yeah, I don't know. I, and I did, there's certain parts of Reese that I didn't like either. I, for me, a lot of people love like super duper possessive men in books I like I a good level like of like well I loved Knox but that was different but, like it's but Knox different... also lets Naomi do her own thing yes and like I think too the way Reese behaves in some situations makes sense also because he's her bodyguard so I think that made it a little I think that made it better than Twisted Love in that regard we're getting a little off topic but <laughs> no this is an important conversation to have no, it really because, is. Honestly, I might cut this out too because I think that this might be a controversial opinion. Okay. But I'm so sick of men in these books being so possessive and women just being like, oh my gosh, I want that so bad. Like, I don't. We live in 2023. I don't want a guy like that. I want somebody who's going to let me do whatever I want to do. Oh my God, you're going to love the second book of A Kotar so much. <laughs> yeah okay you have to get through the first one the first one's like mediocre the second one is where like the turning point to where you're like oh, oh holy shit this is a really good story but yeah, yeah i'm just i'm really sick of that in books I, i'm just like i'm like i don't want somebody like that and i don't know why people like that are so desirable in these books i just don't understand it I don't know. And honestly, like, like I said, it makes more sense here because he's her bodyguard, right? So when he like doesn't want her in certain situations, yes, it's a little bit because he's in love with her. But it's also because from a practical standpoint, he's worried about her safety in certain compromising situations. But he also fully supports her in like, taking on the throne and all this other stuff. Like he respects her authority, her power. Um, as somebody who is going to be leading a country like and he doesn't think less of her for it he doesn't like it doesn't hurt his ego either 
um, which I think was that's how you should behave. So not like a ton of kudos, but like I think it would be very easy for a man in that position to feel very emasculated, egotistical. Um, and the way he carried himself was just really nice. He was kind of possessive in certain regards. He was like, you're never touching another man again. But, um, it was not Alex Volkov, like, I'll kill anyone who looks at you. (laughs) Um, yeah. Because I would destroy her career and her position as the queen in the future. Yes. He literally, he respected Bridget. Alex does not (laughs) respect Ava. No one respects Ava. Poor Ava. I know. Ava needs to get out. Yeah. Maybe, I I even feel like Jules doesn't really respect Ava all that much. Nobody respects Ava. But, um. Anyhow. Anyways. (laughs) On to our next category. Scale of one to five. Smut. It was spicy. Not necessarily things that I enjoyed reading, particularly a couple of scenes that I was <laughs> audibly kind of cringing at. Also, there's a word that is used a lot in this book that I absolutely hate, and I can't say that word because it is literally a banned word on YouTube. It is, uh, I'm sure you can probably, can you kind of guess what word I'm talking about, or do you need me to kind of give you hints give me hints it's a curse word my brother has absolutely called us this before (laughs) yeah okay (laughs) yeah i hate i just hate that word i hate when it's used don't get me wrong i use it all the time (laughs) it's fine when you do it yeah it's okay when i do it when i say it to like my friends and like use it in kind of like a silly way um but in this context i hate it and i think that it is a disgusting word to use in this realm of stuff yeah i didn't love that either but and it wasn't even a descriptive word it was a word that he used and i hated it The band list just gets longer every day. Yeah. The band every day there's a new word added to the band list. Listen, there's parts on a human body. You can call them the normal like one or two names that they're called, okay? Let's not veer too too far into the realm of creativity with that romance writers yeah. if you're listening. <laughs> Once again another case of putting the thesaurus down. Yeah, just use the words everyone knows and respects for those parts of the human body. Quit trying to make it different. That's another thing. I just find that word to be disrespectful. Even even when I'm using it in, like, a fun kind of way, I'm still using it in, like, a disrespectful way, not in, like, a, you know, like, super endearing kind of way, even though, like, I'm just joking around. It's a disrespectful joke around, not a, like, funny joke around. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, um, I 100% do. Sorry, my kit- kitten has entered the chat. She had to know what was going on. Okay, thank you. Mando, your cousin's on screen. Mando, your cousin. She, oh, She's going away because she is going to try and sit here and make bread on my lap otherwise. 
She has a full-time job. I know. I'm giving her 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 state-mandated hour lunch break. <laughs> yeah. Wow, look at, at you following labor laws. <laughs> <clears throat> she works swing shifts. She got, she didn't get on until noon. <laughs> She's preparing um, the bread for tomorrow. That's right. Constantly baking. My little baker girl. Uh, did you give it a numeric rating? Oh, uh, no, I did not. Um, I'm gonna give it a three. Okay. I... Because it was spicy, but I just hate that word. Uh, I don't like the word either. It didn't ruin it that much for me. I think I'm gonna give it a four. Again, smut, and we talked about this before, smut's a hard category because you have to rate it on, like, how good it is, how intense it is, how much of their how much of it there is so that all factors into the score it was a little intense there was a couple times throughout the book um but it was also very spicy there were a couple instances where i'm like "Mm, i don't know if this is my favorite scene i've ever read but nothing that made me feel like i had to like put the book away and there have been books like that in the past so i will give it a four primarily because again we don't do have scores on this channel but it was very spicy um there's a lot of it and it wasn't super bad quality so that's kind of where my head's at with that one but still close still on par for the most part um okay our final category and this one's gonna just yeah uh realism on a scale of one to five (laughs) like a one yeah (laughs) You know what? I'm going to give it a one, but I do think it was kind of realistic in how, like, things played out for them because I think I don't think that they would get away with sneaking around as much as they did. But I do think that the way that things ended up playing out for them was pretty realistic. Um, Sorry. So I I think that it was pretty realistic in that sense. So, you know, I'll reverse that. I'll give it a two. Okay. Uh, I was also thinking it too. Look, folks, the fact of the matter is, and this is going to be a problem when we get into fantasy romance series, we're going to have to have a business discussion about how we rate those because obviously they're not going to be realistic. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to find some sort of supplemental category. This one starts to fall into the realm of unrealistic because she's a princess. Like, modern day royalty is a thing, but it's not like to this level it literally reminded me so much of the princess diaries and while i love that movie and obviously this is modeled kind of after um the british system right with the monarchy and parliament that that sort of deal um yeah just not super realistic one a princess falling in love with a bodyguard and changing all the laws so that they can get married like it's a good story it was a good story the timeline made sense the timing was so good it was so much better than twisted love um and actually this book took place over years of time which i thought was really important because Mm -hmm. it really contributed to the realistic outcomes of some of the plot points but at the end of the day none of this would happen in real life like there's zero there's zero chance um That being said, it was still really well written and the plot outcomes were realistic for the foundations that the author laid. But because it's just so like 
out of touch with normal reality, I, I can't give it a high, high score. Um, but I have a feeling it'll be redeemed in the overall score, which is what we're going to get to next. Maddie, overall, what would you rate this book, scale of one to five? So despite the fact that all my ratings were threes and lower, I actually gave this book a four because okay. I enjoyed reading it. So like, I thought it was fun to read. I, I really liked like most of the stuff that happened to it. Once again, I might just be super skewed from how much I hated Twisted Love. And I'm just like, this is so much better. It might not even be that much better, but I just might have like a different way of rating it. But it, I, I was looking on Goodreads and it looks like that's pretty much the consensus is that the first yeah. book is horrible and then the, the next three are good. So I think that's kind of like what, what's like the main theme for it. I gave it a four. Yeah, I also gave it a four. I liked this book. I thought it was cute. I liked the ending. It wasn't like a super last minute thrown together ending. The plot made sense. Um, And despite some of the shortcomings, it was still a really good book. Like, and I've obviously said this like five different times now on this podcast alone, but it reminds me of The Princess Diaries and I loved that movie growing up. So it kind of brings back some nostalgia for me, but no, I did like it. Not quite a five. Honestly, it's on the lower end of the fours that we have, but I still do think it deserves that score. And I, I enjoyed reading it. I there wasn't There's some books that we pick up on here where I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to force myself to finish this. And that was definitely not the case with this one. Yeah. That's how it was for the first book for me. I was like, oh my God, can this book just be over? Pulling teeth out with pliers. That would be more fun than finishing that first book. Yeah. I had a hard time coming up with fan castings for this one. I don't know why. I have a fan cast. Perfect. Some books it just like snaps into my head when I'm reading, and other times I have to like really think about it. But there wasn't this anybody... one snapped into my head. Okay. <clears throat> okay. So, have you watched this n- most recent season of You? I've seen the beginning of it. Okay. Did you meet Lady Phoebe? She's I the blonde so. girl. Yes. Let me pull up a picture of her though, so I have it clear. Okay. Her name is Tilly Keeper, and I think she would make a great Bridget. Oh, yeah. She's got, like, the perfect doe eyes. I mean, Mm -hmm. they're, are they brown? They're green. Bridget's eyes are supposed to be, like, super duper blue, but contacts. Hi. Um, She has like the perfect like doe-eyed princessy look and she's blonde Mm -hmm. yeah very good fit i think she'd be great and then for reese the first time he was described i got a horrifying image in my head i'm gonna have to blurt out who it is because it's a real person that we know (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i was like So the entire time I'm reading this, I'm like actively trying to picture other people in my head. But the first time he was described, he's described as being like a really tall guy who I'm trying to block Tank's butthole. (laughs) Um, He's like this really tall guy with dark tanker. Maybe he has doggy OCD and he has to do it a certain amount of times. Otherwise, it won't be right. His mom dies. (laughs) Yeah. 
he didn't even lay over there. He's laying over there. Um, so that's what I was picturing, but I had to immediately try to figure out who else I'm going to picture because there's just like, but the way that he's described, he's described as this tall guy with long black hair pushed back. And that's literally how he wears his hair every single day and how like, the same height that he is. And I was like, no. Mm -mm. Wow. <laughs> so I had to picture somebody else and I just, I can't, I just couldn't pick, like, I, I was able to get that image out of my head, but that was the first person who came to my mind. And then I was trying to figure out who else I think would make a good character um, for him, but I just honestly couldn't think of anybody. And because his name was Reese, I kept picturing Reese from the new season of You as well. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, I know that's not what he looks like, but that's who I kept picturing after that. It's hard because he's described as being, like, so tall and big and, like, I don't know. Like, he's just – every actor that I'm thinking about that could be good for him is, like, too small for how I picture him in my head. But I, someone tall, dark, and handsome. I mean, yeah. And, like, a little bit older because one of the tropes in here is the age gap thing, which I hate, by the way. Yeah, why are all these 30-year-old dudes hitting on this Into 20 -year -old single girls. group of 20-year-old girls? I mean, I get that they're all from prominent backgrounds, kind of, but I, yeah. Um, One thing that I have found interesting, too, right, because you read the other book, the back of the other books, and you figure out, like, who they're about. So the next one's about Jules and Ava's brother. Mm -hmm. And the last one is about Christian, who was... Reese's boss and a social media influencer friend and I was like whoa whoa yeah. which by the way that one has the highest rating out of all of them well she had the most time to refine her craft that's what I'm saying I think that the reason why Twisted Love was so bad is because she brought it to an editor or to a publisher and the publisher was like you have to cut back on like most of the stuff in this book and so mm -hmm. she did it, and it, it sacrificed the book. Yeah. Which, I don't know, I just hate so much. I hate Alex so much as a character. Yeah. I don't know how it could have been redeemed, but it's like night and day, these two books. Yeah. Anyways. Um, Once again, yeah, like so I said, don't think they're written by the same person, so. Uh, no fan casting for Reese. Go ahead and drop your fan casts in the comments below. Um, and yeah. tell us, please help us. Tall, dark, handsome. Um, anyways, that concludes the portion of our spoiler-free review. Now we're going to get nitty-gritty into the plot. So if you haven't read it, get out of here and come back when you're done. And if you're yep, my mom, I know you watched the whole thing. So hello. <laughs> Hi, Becca. <laughs> um, all right. So should we start? I want to start also by saying that I read the entire first part in one sitting. Oh, my goodness. I was hooked. I was like, what the hell? Why am I liking this so much? <laughs> I literally could not figure it out. So this book starts off with Bridget and Reese. It starts off actually during while the first book is happening um and it's when reese is implemented into her guard because her old guard is having a baby um and 
it kind of does a cursory glance over of when Bridget and Ava get kidnapped and Reese is pissed, obviously. Um, but things don't really start to kick off until Bridget finds out that she's going to be the future queen of Eldora. Um, because her brother is abdicating the throne so that he can marry a normal woman. There is a lot that happens in between there. Yes, but that's the general first part. She doesn't find out until the second part. Is it? Oh no, you're right, you're right. Sorry. I apologize for doubting you. No, because part two starts off in Eldora. Yeah. Um... So she finds out her brother's going to abdicate, which threw me, like, kind of through a loop. This has happened in real life. That's that's the whole reason Queen Elizabeth was queen in the first place, because her uncle abdicated the throne. Um, So, like, that part, I guess, I don't know. I, what I also, (laughs) I know a lot about the royal family because I love the crown, and I had to go look and see if, like, half the stuff from the show is true. Um... But the man who's supposed to be the King of England who abdicated, he was a known Nazi sympathizer. Uh, And he and his wife were not good people. So it was really hard for me to read about her brother and not be like, "Mm." because it feels like it's based off of that. Mm -hmm. You know what I was just thinking? Hmm. What if we just kind of ignore what Reese looks like? And we turn him into Matt Smith. Oh. Okay. I mean, yeah, that's kind of exactly the role that he fills, but not as big of an asshole. Yeah. As Damon. (laughs) This is actually just House of the Dragon, kind of. Okay, listen. (laughs) I had I'm so glad you said that because look at Mando. He's he's over it. Um, I literally was reading this. I'm like, it's like reading Game of Thrones. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, aside from Reese, obviously never really had a shot at the crown. Right. But like um, the role that he plays is almost identical to the role that Damon plays with Rhaenyra mm-hmm. in their relationship. So I yeah. and it works for an age gap. Yeah, I was like, it literally felt like (laughs) especially with like the political maneuvers at the end and stuff. And the fact that she was trying so hard to play by the rules until the end, until they forced her hand. And then she was like, all right, all bets are off. Um, I wanted to mention that so on page 32, this is when they go to what is it called? El Dorado or whatever. Eldora for Christmas. Eldora. <laughs> I, I keep okay. I kept reading it as like a Spanish country in my head. So like I was, but then they like describe everybody as being very like Norwegian, and so I'm like maybe they're not really. <laughs> it's Eldorado. <laughs> <But in my laughs> head, everybody's Spanish except for Bridget, who's <laughs> blonde and has blue yeah. eyes. Yeah, I mean Spanish people can be blonde with blue eyes, but it's very rare. Um, Anyway, so on page 32, she's visiting her parents' gravestone, 
and a paparazzi guy is there and reese breaks his camera and i wrote anna wong hates cameras because in the first book alex busts into the door and he breaks that guy's camera that is true interesting she has some vendetta against cameras that i'm interested in knowing more about destroy them all (laughs) exactly i mean first of all that paparazzi was being an asshole and he should not have been taking pictures of her at her parents grave that is shitty um yeah oh by the way part of bridget's backstory her parents died her mom died in childbirth her dad died in a car accident a little bit later which is why her grandfather is the king right now but it's why she is in the in the initial part of the book second in line to the throne and then first in line to the throne so she has that trauma and reese by choice doesn't know who his dad is and his mom killed herself so no parents um none so another part of reese's backstory is that he was in the military the united Mm -hmm. states industrial complex and um he says while my life wasn't perfect it was far better than most people's i knew that i'd grown up in a bubble protected from the worst of humanity and incredibly privileged for that reason but the idea of living life like that i was sorry But the idea of living life like I was at war with it every day made me indescribably sad. And I wrote, Reese is just another soldier forgotten by the USA. Yeah. Yeah. Support our our troops. Support our vets. Support our vets. Um, He was a Navy SEAL. More on that. He mentioned... What? He was a Navy SEAL, so... Yeah. Um, And he... Then says, oh, okay. Then they're talking about um, his, because Reese is not like other bodyguards, Navy SEALs. He's an artist. Um, And he draws things. And he tells Bridget that my therapist suggested it, said it would help with my condition. And I was like, I wrote this before I finished that sentence or finished that word. I'm like, I'm so proud. And then it says, turns out I enjoyed it. He shrugged. Therapist is gone, but the drawing stands. I said, I was so proud for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, finally, a boy getting therapy for something that he really needs therapy for. Only for it to be taken away from me a second later. Hmm. Yeah. I Therapy is an interesting topic, I think, especially for men. Um so much as that might have been a joke, I, I, you know what I've always thought is interesting. How do you, how do you know when it's time to like not be in therapy anymore? Like you can do it for your whole life, but like financially and like mental stability wise, where is the line where you're like, I think I'm okay to go off on my own again now. Honestly, I think it just differs for every person. I went to one therapy session and I was like, I hate this, and then I never went back. I've been to therapy before, but I always just tell the therapist what they want to hear. Like, <laughs> I know. I'm like, and I know that you're not supposed to do that, but I'm like, but it's a game and I'm winning. Yeah, I think I'm why. winning therapy. They're like, why are you mm-hmm. even here? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could definitely use some good therapy, but I just have a hard time talking about my feelings and emotions. But I feel like 
uh, in this case, Reese should be doing that because he yeah. went to war. And <laughs> <laughs> turns out drawing isn't just like this giant universal band aid that's going to solve PTSD. Yeah. What am I supposed to do? I can't draw Reese. <laughs> just live with okay, it. Okay, so then there's another quote. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they kind of like ha- in the very beginning of the book, they have like very clear chemistry, right? They've kind of, you kind of can already tell, like, they like each other. They're just, like, fighting their feelings and everything. And then yeah. they're slowly pushing me off of the, <laughs> away from the couch. He's like, like, it's not safe. Hole. It's never safe anywhere. Oh. Quit flashing, Mando. I know. Little baby. Little boy. He just gave a big huff. Um, so... This is what he says to her. You got yourself a deal, but if you break it or go behind my back again, my voice lowered, dark and full of unspoken threats, you'll find out the hard way what happens when you bargain with the devil. And I was like, ew, this reminds me of that lion quote. Uh, This is what happens when you get into the lion's den. (laughs) You mess with a bull, you get the horns. (laughs) (laughs) It's so cringe. I feel like Obviously, there are times men can be seriously intimidating, especially as a woman. But if a man said that to me, I would laugh in his face. <laughs> like, mm, okay. <laughs> you don't even want to know what's coming. I'd be like, wow. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Let me tell you about the time when I realized that I liked Reese a lot. Okay. And that is when um bridget can't go to the festival and so he sets up a festival for her in her room and then is like it was your friends and then later when she confronts her friends about it they're like what are you talking about and he just did that for her it's so sweet i wrote alex that's what you do instead of stalking your girlfriend yeah alex i wrote bitch this gave me butterflies (laughs) Like, because she was like, I have butterflies, and I'm like, so do I. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was so wholesome. I was like, and when he said that to us, like, there's no way her friends did that. That was all him, you secret softy. Okay, so then, um, Bridget is moving back to her home country, and Reese is contracted out of the united states so he's like i can't go to this place um but i'm gonna spend all this time i can with her before she actually leaves and bridget has kind of like she gets really drunk and she's like you know what i have like this like plan i have four things that i want to do before i have to move and become the queen and so he um he kind of is, like, listening to what she's saying, and then she ta- he takes her on a trip to Costa Rica and has, like, this whole thing set up for them. And, you know, one of her things, it's a little spicy. And um, he says, it took every ounce of self-control I had not to do what I said I would do, what she asked me to do. And I quoted that, and I, I typed uh, tabbed it and i said alex would have just done it because he's the fucking worst yeah yeah no care for the repercussions 
I Reese is just a good guy. Like he he actually listens to her, right? Like she with with going back to the little um festival night thing, right? Like he she was put in danger. She went to a concert and he's not going to let her go. And he shouldn't. Like her safety was at risk. But he also listened to the fact that she was upset about it and like found a way to I mean obviously it's not the same as going but like man found a way to still give her that experience and it's the same thing with Costa Rica right like she's complaining she's listing all this stuff off and he's listening and he's planning all this stuff out they go to Costa Rica um just as like one last hurrah and he helps her check off all of the items on her bucket list including the spicy one Mm-hmm. obviously because who else would she yeah come on he's gonna let someone yeah. else go in there nah and nah. what's hilarious about that is that right before it gets spicy you know what they're doing swimming in a pool and know what happens in twisted love they're swimming in a pool mm-hmm. i put anna wong really likes pools and hates cameras and hates cameras we'll have to do like a venn diagram things she hates and likes yeah in the middle, toxic men. Yeah. I um Yeah. So they they have a little moment together and it's it's nice. Um apparently it lasts five minutes, which I wrote five minutes <laughs> trip to costa rica's over mm. and she's like come but- with me come with me to eldora um and they're like throughout the book she's dropping hints that reese has all these ties to eldora and i'm like "Ooh, there's a plot twist coming here mm-hmm. he's oh i saw that from a mile away mile the away. second he was like uh, the second he was like oh yeah i don't want to know who my dad is i'm like his dad is somebody and then, like, the whole plot was, like, that she couldn't marry him because he wasn't royal. I'm like, he's royal. It's just somewhere in there, and that's who his dad is, and whatever. Surprise! He is. But, like, well, they were, and they are like, everything went wrong in Eldora. Like, that was the mission or whatever he was on that went poorly, too. I was like, he's, like, way too tied. This is not random, obviously. Like, mm-hmm. this is going to come back up later in the plot. Um, So they arrive in Eldora, at the palace, because her grandfather is ill and her brother has abdicated. The men in her family are letting her down. Well, not her grandpa. It's not his fault. But um, but he's falling down because he has having <laughs> a heart attack. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we're, we're introduced to her terrible cousin, Andreas. And I thought he... Here's the plot twist. I thought he was really going to be the villain. And he he wasn't. Yes. I was like, wow, he's actually not a bad guy. <laughs> like, I just realized that um, I had watched you, like, probably, like, two weeks before I read this. Mm-hmm. Um, Andreas, for me, was... I don't know if you got this far in the show, but they go to, like, this castle and... There's this character that I was picturing the entire time. I need to look up what his name is. No, no worries. Okay. His real We've name is Ben Wiggins. 
Ben Wiggins. And his character was named Roll, and this is who I was picturing. (laughs) As her cousin. I feel like he's got to be hotter than that. No. I was thinking more like pretty boy. Uh, He... All right, I can see it. I let me watch. Do you have a better suggestion? No, no, I don't. Um, I do not. I'm trying to think though. I don't. Yeah, no, mm -mm, I don't. So that it's him. Surprise! There you go. Uh, (laughs) but so like they build up the part of the plot line is they build up Andreas to be like he's the next in line. To the throne behind Bridget. They build him. They Everybody assumes he's after the throne. And then come to find out towards the end of the book. He doesn't really give a crap. Like he just wants. He wants what's best for his country. And he wasn't sure if that was Bridget. Because it was a huge change. Totally reasonable. Explains how he was behaving. He doesn't want to leave his life. As like. A prince. Right? He likes it. It's nice. Why would he? Um. But he also has some, like, secret lineage that could mess all that up, right? But I was just so shocked because there's so much foundation laid. I liked that plot twist. And that's, like, not a super, that's not a huge, I mean, it's a little bit instrumental to the story. But I was like, wow, I here I am reading this book the whole time thinking he's going to be the villain. And he actually had somewhat decent intentions. And he plays a role in, like, things coming together at the end. So that was well played, Miss Huang. Um, but yeah, I thought that was interesting too. I was really expecting him to like try to like assassinate Bridget. <laughs> yeah, that's how they like. That's how the author like. That's what she leads you to believe that he's like, mm-hmm. at, and he's like working with the speaker, but he's genuinely just trying to learn more like about the country. He actually had good intentions the whole time. I know. I was like, dang. Here I am at the beginning. I'm like this mother effer, and then at the end, I'm like, oh, no. he's actually <laughs> not bad. And should I should I reveal that plot point, or should we wait until we let's wait until we get further down? We can get yeah, we can wait. Okay, so um, um let's see. Do I have anything to note? Yeah, so they they do it again a um, lot, a lot. <clears throat> then he can this is he on page 230 that's when he confesses to Bridget that his he knows his father was Eldoran and that's when I was like oh okay he's like uh he's gonna be like a prince or something like that and this issue that they're gonna have to go through is gonna be moot and they're gonna do it anyway and whatever so that that was like a plot point that I it wasn't like when, once I heard it, it wasn't like surprising or shocking or in any way, and I kind of knew it was going to happen after that. Yeah, I agree. And there's like a couple other side characters once we get to Eldora, right? There's Michaela, that's her childhood friend. Um, and then is it Ellen, who's like the PR lady? I thought it was like Elaine. Elaine, something it starts with an E. Um and Marcus whatever anyways I Michaela I'm like "Mm, I don't trust her something about her is not quite right Mm -hmm. sure enough we'll get to that in a little bit too but she's a traitor 
Um, and then Ellen is obviously she's like concerned about PR and stuff like that. So she is like Miss Raincloud throughout this entire second half of the book because like everybody's starting to catch on, right? That they're messing around and stuff. And there's Ellen at every turn being like, you have to do X, Y, and Z. And I just wanted to punch that woman in the face. I get that it was her job, but um and then I I mean like I don't I also thought like I understand that they're siblings. Her brother was also apologetic about all of this, but I was just like I feel like he is not groveling as much as he should be for the situation he just put his baby sister in. Like I felt like he should have laid a lot more groundwork. And like there's in her head too this just shows how good Bridget is she was like there's nothing to be forgiven really like how could I blame him for wanting to pick love but I was just like I feel like and her grandfather loved her too but I was like Bridget just loves all these people so much and they love her like half as much as she loves them and that's just evident through like her constant sacrifice of her own personal needs throughout the book mm-hmm um. Um. So then, this this part really annoyed me. And this is on two forty one, and it's when they're about to, you know, have some stuff. Mm. And uh, first of all, he says my chest clenched. Literally, this is a chant. This is actually a term when I'm telling Anna to pick up a thesaurus because clenched and pinched over and over again. These people's chests clenching and pinching every other second and i'm just kind of it was like a really overused word and i was like mm, okay second of all um he says no one ever said i was a good man anyway i did <laughs> all the way up to this point i was like you're a good guy and then you say that and i'm like who's telling you you're not a good man i mean he yeah i don't know i mean he feels guilty for what happened Things went awry in the military. Okay, obviously that's why he has trauma. But he feels guilty for that. I think he thinks of himself as a bad person for that. Which again, Maybe. is more self-awareness than Alex ever exhibited ever. Yes. Um, But Alex has no self-awareness. Yeah. He... I don't know. I also just... Like, there are smut scenes in this book felt a lot more consensual. Yes. Than literally. Tristan. Yes. Like even even when he's taking her, it's not the same as like Alex freaking doing the stuff that he did to Ava. Yeah. It just it when feels it so made me different. feel gross mm-hmm. reading those books or reading that book. Yeah. No, I agree. Um but he also, I mean, Reese gets a little possessive, don't get me wrong. But that's also because at this point, right, we obviously just read a smut scene or referred to a smut scene. They're, like, together. But because of the the law, she's also dating someone else. And for obvious reasons, that's very difficult for him. He gets a little jealous mm-hmm. sometimes. I still generally think he carries himself in a respectable way. Um... But it, the situation's just so effed up. Um, and she continues to date the other guy throughout the course of the book. 
he's in love with someone else too. Like it's just a marriage of convenience type of thing. And he wasn't, he didn't do anything wrong either. He's a fine person, but, uh, so there was a little bit of possessiveness there, but yeah, the way that he and Reese interacts with Bridget is just so different. And I think too, the fact that it took so long to build up to anything sexual happening between them, like this is over the course of years I feel like that also made it feel more consensual, but it is just like Bridget is literally asking for this. Whereas I feel like Ava was like forced into a corner, at least the way it was written and the way I read it. Mm-hmm. It made me feel uncomfortable to read their scenes because it just felt like weird and manipulative. But this, like, I didn't feel that with any yeah, of this. I did not here. feel that way either. So that was one thing I wanted to point out. And then let's see, my next thing. On page 257, he says, I would never tire of her smile. Or sorry, I would never tire of her smiles, her real smiles, not the ones she showed in public. I'd seen Bridget naked in fancy gowns and in lingerie, but she was more beautiful when she was herself, stripped of all the pretenses that her title forced her to wear. And I'm like, see, Reese just really cares about Bridget. It's not mm-hmm. like it, it is not about her wealth or like anything that she has to offer in terms of, like, monetary gain. It's just that he likes her. Yeah, and I think that's evident, too, through the fact that, like, like this conflict, the conflict in the first book where they shouldn't be together, it's because he's best friends with her brother. This is serious. Like They shouldn't be together because he's the worst. Well, yes. But, like, the reason they shouldn't be together in this book is because of duty. Um... And, like, despite all of that and despite them both being good people who appreciate and cherish their duties, like, they come to love each other anyway. And that just shows, like, the genuine connection, too, right? It was terrible for both of their careers. It's not good for anybody around them. And they try and fight it, but they just can't. Mm-hmm. And I'm not mad at them for not being able to fight it either. Like, they have insane chemistry. But, yeah, he cares about her. And the foundations have been laid for so long that, like, all of this makes sense. This is so at her brother's wedding, she goes with Stefan, who's her date, who she's supposedly supposed to, like, kind of like get engaged to and marry and stuff like that because he comes from a wealthy family. He's part of royalty. You know how it goes for royals. And at this wedding, she sneaks off with Reese, they go to the throne room. And they have some stuff. And I wrote... <laughs> Wait, is this in the throne room? Mm, I think the throne room... No. Christ was before that. This? It's the library. Yes. <clears throat> They're in the library. And I'm like... I wrote... I was like, you people are gonna get caught. Like, you are... Like, what are you doing? And I know that it has to be, like, a plot point. That they have to get caught at some point. But, like, I was just like, how dumb do you have to be? At a wedding, when there's yeah. tons of more people around than normal, and, like, yeah. yeah. But on a normal day, sure, like, there's not a ton of people around, but also, because he was named Stefan, the other, the guy who she's, like, dating because he's royalty or whatever, I'm picturing Paul Wesley in my head all the time. Yeah, I could, yeah, <laughs> I mean... We need to stop yeah. casting Vampire Diaries character. <laughs> Dude, I swear to God, it's not the only TV show I've ever watched, I promise. But those are, like, the only people that come to my head for anything ever. So, I don't know. 
Uh, but Paul Wesley. I could see him doing <laughs> it, though, too. I think he would be good for that role in particular. Mm-hmm. Stefan is a very non-offensive person. Well, okay, so... double-check. Are you okay. talking about when, he, when her grandfather, like, is talking to her about love and stuff? Because there's some plot points in between there. So it's when he has his heart attack. Okay, so, well, for those of us following along here... Her grandfather has a heart attack because the tabloids pick up, they, it, they're they not compromising pictures, but they're suggestive of, like, the distance between her and Reese, them coming out of the same place. The tabloids are speculating that they are together, and she admits to her family and her court in a private meeting that she is, and then her grandfather has a heart attack, and obviously she's like, it's my fault, even though he's been sick for a while. And then she cuts things off with Reese for a couple days because she's like, but I can't be with him. Wait. Okay. They do it in the hospital. I know. <laughs> That's a goodbye. And I was like, <laughs> this is not the time or place to be doing this right now. Uh, yeah, no. That's happened in a couple other books that I've read. I think it's just, like, the adrenaline wearing off in some of those cases. But, like, at this point, he's been in the hospital for days. Like, they don't need to do that. Yeah. But, it, yeah, it's a goodbye smash. Yeah. <laughs> so they break up. They're Thanks separated for a while. During the separation, though, he finds out some juicy details from his boss, Christian. Yeah. And what are those juicy details, Courtney? Well, what we thought all along that Reese is in fact Eldoran and his father is the speaker who is trying to prevent the marriage law from being appealed. Yes. And his brother is her annoying cousin who actually isn't really her. He's I had to do her. mental gymnastics. I was like trying to figure out, I was like, wait, don't you dare tell me that they've been related this whole time. I will never read another one of these goddamn books again. I know. I was so scared. So her cousin, as far as I understand, her cousin isn't actually her cousin. His mom cheated. No. And yes, he's half brothers with Reese, which is where you come to find out that he's not a bad person and he actually doesn't want the throne. And do you know he- how he introduces himself to Andreas? Andreas opens the door and he goes, hello, brother. And I wrote, okay, Damon. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But I was like, I kind of felt that coming too, because I was like, he has like this animosity for Andreas. Like, it's got to be somebody royal, but the only other person they mention who's royal is Andreas. And he, Reese, technically has some sort of standing because of who his dad is but he's also a bastard so that doesn't solve the marriage law problem don't worry reese i'm a bastard too Uh, (laughs) i am not but i am uh, still a product of divorce so (laughs) i'm the product of never married sometimes it's better uh but anyway so there's that bomb dropped on us and Andreas is like I want to get this law repealed and I want you guys to be together and I was like oh my god he's not a bad guy and I that was like the only twist that I didn't see coming 
And I actually liked it. I was like, wow, I've been suspicious of him this whole time. And he's actually had good intentions. Um, But so they're like, okay, we've got to blackmail our dad so you can go get your girl back. And at the same time, Bridget is also coming up with a similar plan. So she talks to her grandpa um, after he's feeling better. And he's like, change the laws. You still have time. I see how miserable you are. And I was like, finally, like he's been watching her for months. Why didn't he have this conversation with her months and months and months ago when he saw Mm -hmm. how happy she was with Reese and after everything that happened with her brother, like, anyways, I was like, thanks, Gramps. Took you a little while. Um, but she gives our least favorite person on the planet a call, and he's a total douchebag. I what wrote, I literally marked it, I wrote, boo! He <laughs> was such an <clears throat> asshole, too. She's like, I'm calling in my favor. He's like, fine. What can I, I was expecting your call. What can I do for you, your highness? Oh my God. <sighs> Shove a sock in it. I hate you. <laughs> I hate him. Uh, I never knew that a fictional man in a book can make me so mad. He's just so terrible. I'm like, you couldn't have made him better so in this book? No. Like just a little? No. Um, no. So she calls Alex and she's like, I need dirt on all of the members of parliament just in case because she's gonna try and blackmail the hell out of them to get them to pass that law which honestly slay because that's like it was giving house of cards yeah very much so yeah but like they deserved it honestly yeah like this rule is dumb yeah um i will say part of this plot that i was confused or concerned about initially I was like, okay, so she's going to have to repeal the law, right? So that they can end up together. But if she repeals the law, then there's nothing wrong with what her brother did. So she's yes. still going to be queen. But since I think that it's since he had already abdicated, given up the throne, that he can't come back and say, actually, I want the claim to it. That's what I figured, but I they just never really addressed that plot point, And that was something I was... And- worried about a little bit in the back of my mind and like if he wanted to do that like i'm i don't know i don't know anything about freaking royalty but i think that he could maybe do that if he wanted to um but it didn't seem like he even really wanted it to begin with i felt like he felt yeah he was forced into this at a young age just by birthright and so he just kind of went along with it but now that he had a way out he was like get me out of here i'm done yeah well and to be honest with you like i think Bridget deserved it. She was she faced the same choice. And at the end of the day, she chose duty, but she just found a way around it, right? Like she would she would have given Reese up um for her country. And her brother just wouldn't have done that. And she still respects her brother for it. But I think because she did that, she deserved like she cares more about the country than her own personal interests, which is part of her character throughout the book. Like she cares more about the well-being of her country and her family and her friends than being happy necessarily mm-hmm. but i think she deserved to be queen more than her brother but anyways so they they're both independently coming up with these plans to blackmail right and she gets a note from reese and he's like hey let's meet up i miss you shorty um and she's like oh my god i miss you too um 
And then all of her friends show up as a surprise. And Alex is there, of course, because he has all the information. And he was looking for, like, a way to get there secretly without it causing a stir. But he was a total douchebag the whole time he was there. He was, like, on his phone. And then when he does talk to Bridget, he's, like, uh, basically says, like, I hope I never have to speak to you again. I'm, like, how do you love Ava so much? And these are the important people in her life. And you're just, like, hey. I did feel that, like, that like, bringing the four main girls back together into, like, a thing was kind of, like, a, like, a cheap, a cheap out, because it just, like, it has been years, right? Well, yeah, and it's not, like, starts when she's 22, and it, or 21, and it ends when she's 20, almost 25, so, like, like four years, well, they don't mention the other friends that much throughout, like, this portion of the book. Like, they mention them in the beginning, obviously, because she's still in college. Mm-hmm. But, like, when she's going through, they mention that they talk on the phone, but they're not, like, an integral part of the plot. So it was kind of just, like, a cheap, nostalgic type, hey, we're bringing mm-hmm. the band back together um, type deal. But uh-huh. um, they were also there for, like, five seconds. Mm-hmm. And then... She sneaks out, she meets Reese, and they come to the realization they both know who he is now. Because they're like, they say something at the same time. When they're talking about Andreas, they're like, he's your brother. And he's like, he's my brother. And then they're like, they both know. Oh my god. And then they plan to blackmail only Reese's dad. Because she doesn't want to get her hands too dirty. Mm -hmm. Um, And then she pulls a boss ass move and she's like all right it's press conference time all or nothing and she hops on that press conference and she tells them all well first she starts by talking about other important things right she's like she's like ethos pathos logos that's right i did writing i did english she's like i had miss montag too i'm proficient in um persuasion thank you aristotle yeah um and she talks about like all these other things and then she's like and about reese larson yeah we're together and i hope congress or whatever repeals this law um and then they go and meet with his dad they give the big reveal away he does what he's supposed to do because otherwise, and then he was like, him. "I actually loved your mom." And Reese is like, be. "Okay, well, she's dead." <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, but yeah, because his dad says something along the lines of like, "Well, like this rule has been in place for a long time, and like even I had to live by it, basically, which is like why he left Reese's mom behind." because of this law that they're trying to appeal so mm-hmm. you're like well then why wouldn't you be all for repealing it you bitter old man like everybody has to suffer like you did your son is here asking you to be the with the woman that he loves after you totally left his mom to raise by herself she's dead and like you have the opportunity now and he's still like a douchebag about it mm-hmm. but it all works out in the end Everyone comes through. They get the votes. They get married. And, and uh, oh, you they're not secretly about... related, thank God. 
<clears throat> yeah, but you forgot to talk about uh, Elaine and Michaela. Oh, yeah, these little skanks. Um, so Michaela, her childhood best friend, who's just like kind of a like a glance over character throughout the book, right? So they're oh. the tabloids got pictures, right? They got leaked pictures. Michaela leaked the pictures, but she didn't do it on her own. That wench Ellen is the one pulling the strings. It's Elaine. Elaine. <laughs> That wench Elaine is the puppet master pulling the strings. And she was like, and um, Bridget confronts her and she's like, hey, man, what the hell? Like, you're outing me to the paparazzo? Um, And she was like, yeah, you were bound to get caught at some point. And um, I was just trying to protect you. I was just trying to do my job that I've done for this family for so many years. And Bridget's like, well, by exposing her to the public, uh, yeah, by recording a sex tape, yeah. And then she has the balls to be like, I'm just good at my job. And Bridget's like, okay, well, you dragged my innocent friend into it. You've proven that you can't be trusted with anything and you almost ruined my life so get the hell out of here you stink mm-hmm. b-word um <laughs> anyways i and i saw that coming too because elaine is so uptight and whatever and she's so like at bridget's every decision and then michaela mm-hmm. i'm like oh she's so easily like manipulated she just wants to like make everyone happy and she's happy to be here where she's friends with these powerful people and she, granted, she wasn't malicious. She was like, I thought I was helping. But I was like, you're still a snaky little... Mm. But yeah, it still yeah. worked out. Um, but then, you know, they, uh, they get married. They, you know... Coronation. Put those yeah. crowns on, baby. And that's the end of the book. <clears throat> yeah. Overall, thoroughly enjoyed this book compared to the last one. Oh, yeah. Significantly better than the last one. There also just wasn't any, like, all of the plot lines in in the previous book, right? We felt like she would start with a plot and then just drop it. There wasn't, like, a good resolution. Now, there were different plots throughout this book, obviously, in part one and part two. But she has a good resolution to each one. We're seeing it all come full circle now, where it wasn't fully developed in the first book. And I liked all the resolutions to the plot points, and they all made sense with each other. And I also liked how much time the book took place over, because a lot of these romances we read happen over the course of like a couple weeks. This is like a long-term built-up foundation of respect and friendship and trust that then develops into love um and it was just a good plot good storyline it was interesting some of the plot twists were predictable some of the minor ones weren't but overall i liked it it was well done and it was complete and i didn't hate the male love interest so yes yep i thought it was a i really liked it i wish that there was like a second one about more royalty because yeah. that is what I like. I liked the royalty aspect of this. We'll have to branch off into a... I think there's a like the selection series or something. Or we could do like Bridgerton, but that has like a 
billion. I think selection is YA. Hmm. Perhaps it might be, but um, we can get some more period piece ones because those are typically mm-hmm. royalty esque, or we can find some more. But yeah, it was it was pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. there's royalty in a sense in the next series that we're going into. Uh, the next series, but the book that we're reading next is Good Girl Complex oh, yes. by L. Kennedy. Yes. And I have, I finished this book already and I have so many freaking thoughts about it, um, that I can't wait to talk about. I have not finished it, but I have read nine, ten L. Kennedy books because she's the hockey romance queen. She started it all. Um, and she wrote like the score, the deal, those books you see them quite often on book talk and in stores and stuff. I really liked those books. I liked that series. Now this is a departure of what she normally writes that I have read. So I can't attest to the quality. I also haven't quite read it yet. So, um, we'll get into that next time. Uh, but we have some other exciting things coming down the line. Maddie and I will be back together in about a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and we will also be 25 <clears throat> the next time we see each other in person. Oh, my God. Yeah. And also exciting news. We talked a little bit about it in our last episode. But we are also going to be doing a two-part roundtable about the Akatar series. And I am excited about that. We're going to have our first guests on the show. And it's going to be an extravaganza. Yes. Um, I'm <clears throat> very excited for that. I am a... I'm not like a diehard Sarah J. Mass girly. I love Sarah J. Mass. I love the books. I've read all three of the Faye series that she has going on. They're intertwined. Um I read a Kotar twice. I'm really excited just to be able to talk about it with my friends. Obviously, there's a huge community online, um, but I'm also sending my physical copies of the books to my mom to read. So hopefully she'll have gotten through them by the time those are coming out. She can kind of be on this journey with mm-hmm. us. But I'm really excited to do something a little different and also talk about a series that's just so well-loved. Um, but yeah, and this is kind of, maddie's entry into the fantasy romance realm i would say yeah i really i really liked like harry potter and stuff like that so that's kind of like the fantasy that i've delved into before and like twilight and like vampire books and stuff like that but never really anything like this before so new experiences But I think that's all we got for this one. So if you don't already Mm -hmm. follow us on social media, we do have a TikTok, a Facebook, brand new, um, and Instagram at the Witty Banter Book Club. Thank you to those of you who are listening along on Apple Music or Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Um, And for those of you watching along on YouTube, we really appreciate all the support and we love reading these books along with you. That being said... We will see you next time. Happy reading. Bye. I was going to say, if Amanda's making a noise, (laughs) (laughs)